Welcome to the process of things. Does stuff work? We're ready. We're live. Are we live? We're live right now. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm really excited. But you know what? We both smell like onions. I forgot that Jamie and I both had salmon and bagels and onions. Salmon, thank you. (laughs) So, Uh, welcome to close quarters. Why are you excited? Because this is our first interview with someone on the podcast. Obvi. Oh my gosh. You're, I'm honored. Yes. This is Jamie Johnson. Hi. Welcome, and Jamie. She's a podcast superstar. <laughs> she is a podcast superstar. Oh, that's very kind. Of she you. has Thank more you. than 28 <laughs> followers. <laughs> so do we. Stop it. <laughs> 28, <laughs> including 28 million. seven listens by Ruth and four by me. Stop. <laughs> Um, but we are very excited about um, today's episode of mm-hmm. The Process of Things Does Stuff Work. Um, our whole season has been focused on interviews and changing your career. And um, of anyone I know, Jamie has made the most dramatic and super cool um, job change, career change. Because um, she is dramatic and super cool. Yes. All of the above. Both, <laughs> <Yes>. Both and. <laughs> Um, so I thought we would take some time to just ask her some questions and pick her brain on, uh, how she decided to do that. Um, so that you guys can learn about how you too can go gallivanting around the country, drinking whiskey and get paid for it yeah, and get paid for it. Paid for it. <laughs> Let's do it. So really? I'm your host, Nicole North and I'm Ruth Henderson and welcome to the process of things. This is season three, a freebie episode, mm-hmm. funzo episode. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I guess we'll just get started. Yeah. So Jamie, tell us what you were doing before you made, um, the shift shift to whiskey. I was in non-for-profit, uh, so I was working at a locally-based uh, community support center for uh, people affected by eating disorders. I was the operations manager there, so doing lots of fun stuff with HR, um, budgets, spreadsheets, um, making sure that the, the house was essentially in good working order. Mm-hmm. Very <laughs> Ruth is staring at Jamie with her hand on her chin, yeah. like in awe. And she just like looked up at her and shook her head. It was like, ooh. I think you're so neat. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's not what she does anymore. No, it's no. not what I do anymore. Um, and so what was kind of the catalyst for you starting to make a change? Well, I had been interested in whiskey um, for... Uh, a while. So like not just interested in, in drinking it, uh, uh, that's obviously part, <laughs> a big part of it, but also in, in terms of, you know, visiting distilleries, figuring out how whiskey is made, what makes different whiskeys different, um, collecting um, and just doing all sorts of like nerdy sort of stuff. And so I had started a whiskey club out of my apartment and uh, it just sort of was was growing, and so I was doing my full time job in not for profit, and then I was doing the whiskey club uh, sort of on the side. I um, remember your first yeah. whiskey club. You were there. What, um, what inspired you to do that though? Just randomly, you thought it was a cool thing to do? Yeah, I went. I went to Kentucky, and um, I stayed at this place called the Beaumont Inn in this tiny little town called Harrodsburg, and it's run by this really awesome guy. His name's Dixon Deadman, and he's he's the innkeeper, and he has this like crazy whiskey collection, and. And for like 50 bucks, he'll sit down with you and take you through some of his like amazing bourbons. 
So like in the middle of this tasting, I was like, I want to do this. Like I want to have people over and talk about whiskey. Like so, I kind of forced Nicole and like <laughs> a bunch of other people to go buy bottles, bring them to me, and then listen to me talk about it for an hour. Yeah, I remember specifically you had this table set up in the middle of the room and little cups, yeah. and yeah. there was all kinds of rules and yes. like the, we were all kind of like, what the what heck is this? Here? Why are we having a whiskey tasting? Why is Jamie hosting? Like it was so confusing. So whiskey like. A new, like there's a rebirth or something mm-hmm. in the interest in whiskey and bourbon particularly? Yeah, absolutely, for sure. It's it's going through kind of like, a, it's it's a heyday right now. So and, and actually whiskey producers are having a hard time keeping up with uh, production because it's not something that you can sort of just like just make and and put out to the put out to the market right away it has to sit in a barrel and age so it's not mm-hmm. uh, so like don't think of getting into the whiskey making business yeah, folks yeah it's yeah. gonna take about 10 years exactly. for your so whiskey to age so you're exactly. you need some time there some lead time exactly I think it sort of uh, is doing a thing that wine did a couple years ago where uh, people that were getting really uh, interested in wine and taking you know sommelier courses just for fun and doing like wine clubs and and doing wine shows and things like that and I think whiskey is sort of the next hmm. the next level of that. So I sort of jumped on board relatively early in this sort of um, rebirth of whiskey nerdery because it's in full swing right now. Um, and so, yeah, just sort of did the whiskey club thing. Um, and you were still working? Still working full time um, and sort of just doing that on the side. And then it kind of grew out of the apartment. Like it, people started asking if they could bring their friends. So I think I did two or three at my apartment and people like I, strangers were coming to like. Mm. And so I was just kind of like and people were like, oh, I just want to bring my bud or this whatever. This is weird. You just saw my socks. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, I don't think I can handle any more people in my little 900 square foot like downtown Toronto apartment. So um, I started hosting them outside in in different um, like restaurants. So it kind of, again, like, like networking wise, it kind of worked out really, really well because I was reaching out to different bars and whiskey, uh, like whiskey bars uh, to help um, sort of coordinate these bigger um, meetings that turned into like 35 people or whatever per, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it kind of like, I was like, well, how am I going to organize this? How am I going to tell all these 35 people about next time? And I was like, well, I'll just build a website. Just oh. made a website with a little like sign up thing. And so every time somebody was interested in coming, I would just tell them to go to the website and fill out the form. And then their their information was stored and I would just blast out an invite to the next one. Awesome. And you're still, still, all, still, still all working the whole time. Yep. So what was the kind of... What's the word I'm looking for? Driving the decision. The, the no. There's go, a, no, go. Yeah, like what was the... Right. Just hitting the I just keep hitting, hitting the, the table. table. Uh, what was the like, yeah, what was... Mm, impetus. Yeah, what was the impetus to finally say like, okay, I need to quit my day mm-hmm. job mm-hmm. and I want to do this full time or... Mm-hmm. How well, did, how did that decision-making process go? It was s- slightly out of my hands. Uh, <laughs> 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 well, working in a non-for-profit with seven people in total, uh, when there was a management uh, upheaval... Uh, they sort of basically someone new came in and brought in their own staff. Mm. And so it was at this point I was actually doing the Whiskey Club. Plus, um, through the Whiskey Club, I had people asking me to sort of do gigs for them. So I was um, 
also doing like a side hustle essentially <laughs> at this point where I was, you know, after 5 p.m. I would go to, um, you know, like an office downtown where they were doing like team building exercise or they were hosting clients and I would do whiskey tastings for them. And so I so the whole thing went down at my job and I was basically like let go. And I remember like walking out of that job, which I had been at for like seven years totally devastated, like absolutely beside myself. And, um, I had an, a whiskey club meeting that night. The first one that I was going to like host outside of like, usually I get the bar, the head bartender or a brand ambassador to do the hosting, but this was the one that I was going to host on my own for a lot of people. And uh, I remember just like walking down the street, like talking to my boss, um, my ex boss saying, um, like the one that hired me and then she retired. So I was like, Oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do? Like, and she was like, well, maybe there's something in this. She's like, you're walking into your whiskey club that like you really, really love. Maybe there's like something symbolic about you, like leaving your job, like last job and like walking into like a hobby that like you really have passion for. She's like, I'm just going to leave that with you. I'm just going (laughs) to leave that thought with you to percolate, but like maybe just think about it in that way. And that was sort of like, I was like, well, I was going to go for another not-for-profit job. Like, but I was like, well, maybe I'll see if I can make something out of it. Like (laughs) in the middle of my tears, I was like, maybe you're right. (laughs) (laughs) It's a really neat point though. Like I think there's two, two kind of pieces of there. Like one is, um, side hustle Mm -hmm. is an amazing way um, to start testing out whether you want to do something different. I like that. Mm-hmm. Testing what you think you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I not, think... The grass is not always greener. It isn't. And I think it's a great way for you, because I think some people are so risk averse to leaving a corporate job or a mm-hmm. government a job, job. Mm-hmm. a secure job, and doing something like, I want to be a health coach, like I yeah. want to be a life coach, whatever. I'm not dissing that despite my sarcastic tone. Um, Especially since you wanted to do that for a while. I I know, right. That's why it didn't make any sense. Um, But go and do that on the side for a bit um, and see what you can develop. See Mm -hmm. if it works. See if you've got the knack for it. See if it takes off. See if suddenly you have too many coaching clients or too many whatevers to actually have to find a place outside to do it. And that's going to make that career shift that much easier. Well, it sounds like you had a lot of connections as well. Mm -hmm. So you Mm -hmm. may have had the first couple parties in your apartment, but how Mm -hmm. did you find the right bars and then get corporate people? That just doesn't happen overnight. It's no Jamie did it. Jamie, that's the thing. I don't don't believe it was just connections and luck. And I tell Jamie this all the time, (laughs) and I tell other people this. Those were things that she found. She found and she did that. Well, yeah. I guess I'll let her answer. That's exactly what I was expecting (laughs) her to say. Thank you, Jamie. (laughs) I will sit quietly here and put my microphone and rest it. (laughs) Nicole is right. Yeah, it's sort of, um, I mean, it was born out of necessity to try and make the club, you know, I wanted people to come and have like, I wanted it to be legitimate. I didn't want it to just be sort of what, like I I wanted people to come and feel like they were getting a real professional kind of experience, but also like super approachable. And it just, I kind of wanted to make it like a club that I would want to go to. Like I'd want, I wanted to make it at a bar that I really liked going to. Mm -hmm. And I wanted the right vibe, the right vibe 
vibe and, you know, like not, you know, there's this whole idea within like the whiskey community that like these whiskey clubs are only for a certain kind of person and they're very stuffy or whatever. And I just sort of wanted to be like, well, no, they don't have to be like that. So I wanted to find the right people and the right sort of spot and do it the way I would want to do it. Or Yeah. So did you have to build up some credentials or take courses? Because you had been to this place in Kentucky, Mm -hmm. but what else did you? Well, and that's the funny, there is no sort of equivalent to like a sommelier in the whiskey industry. So there is no sort of, um, there are different like, like credentials that you can get most of them being like a certificate in distillation. Uh, you can do your WSET, which is, um, essentially your, um, like a wine course, um, that includes, um, spirit section, but there, there is no sort of, as far as it goes right now, there are some like courses out there and I'm not sure in terms of like accreditation like accreditation 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 thank you thank you um (laughs) I'm not sure if how legitimate they are like I haven't really investigated so but Mm -hmm. as it stands right now there isn't really anything like that so it's mostly just going out and doing whiskey clubs and learning as much as you can and having like a, a little whiskey community around you that you can go and you can practice um you know doing blind tastings or um, going to master classes and whiskey shows. So mm. mostly just being in the community and, and getting as much out of it as you can there. So building your reputation up that way. Yeah, yeah. it was like Jamie built up her own credibility just huh. with time, I think, and patience mm-hmm. um, and doing those tastings over and over and over again and doing them at different places and connecting with different people and having guest speakers mm-hmm. come and do things with her, mm-hmm. I feel like is how you kind of gain that credit. That's how you got the the credibility to be able to move. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. And it was, it was again, the snowball sort of effect. Like I have, you know, someone would come to a whiskey club because it seemed like a cool thing to do on a Tuesday night at this really neat spot. They would bring their friend and their friend would say, well, we're hosting clients next week from out of town. How likely is it that you would come and do a tasting for them? Like, this is cool. I really like this. So um, it's just sort of more, the more people that got involved with the whiskey club and the sort of word trickled out that I would come and do this for, like, I was getting requests to do, uh, like, birthday parties, to come to a birthday party. Because people are looking for something different and new and exciting. So, you know, what a great way to, to... kick off a bachelorette party like you know have a whiskey tasting then go out on the town or whatever and makes you feel like you've done something and learned something but also it's like kind of hip right now and cool so Mm -hmm. it sort of spoke to people on different levels for sure neat yeah and so then what happened (laughs) so snowball continues the snowball (laughs) continues and so I mean you had to take a bit like of a risk there like of of not seeking something corporate right away because I think Mm -hmm. most people would say like well I've got to make a living. So you had to, what mm-hmm. happened there? Well, I was, I'm, I'm really lucky in that I had the full support of my husband um, and he was able to sort of, and I honestly, when I, I say this, I, I don't take it lightly. I could not have done it without him, without his full support, both like emotionally <laughs> and financially, because sure. he, at the points where I did have, you know, a moment he would, where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go and just plaster my resume across all the other not-for-profits he would just be like I just I think you should just keep going on this and he he sort of had this faith in me that maybe sometimes I didn't have so having that support was really really patience um, on your part patience on both yeah yeah yeah. what's that's one of the things we talked about in one of our other Mm -hmm. podcasts is people um need to think about what they want to Mm -hmm, do mm -hmm. like what's your ideal job what Mm -hmm. does your office look like if you have one Mm -hmm. 
but they also need to put some work into it. That it's not, like you say, just plastering your resume everywhere. There's a lot of work. It's yeah. not just relying on your connections unless you're, you know, somebody who's uber connected and yep. just that stuff can fall in your lap. Yeah. You have to hit the pavement. You have to do some mm -hmm. work. You have to network. You have to reach out to people. For sure. And it's not that easy. It's finding a job is a job. You got it. You got it. Absolutely. And I, I'm, I, was very um, lucky to be in the position that I was, that I could have the luxury of doing that. And so, um, like, my experience isn't all people's experiences when something like this happens. And, and I really acknowledge, like, how lucky I am that I had the opportunity to, mm -hmm. to hit the pavement and sort of be given the freedom and the, the support that I was uh, given. So uh, that that played a huge part in it. Um, but also again, like the sort of the idea of not saying no and just going out. And if, you know, no matter what sort of came up, like, I don't think I ever turned down an opportunity to do a whiskey tasting with anyone. And I think anytime an opportunity came up to go to, um, like, because I built up a social media following as well. So people started reaching out to me and saying like, okay, well, we're launching this new whiskey. We'd like to invite you to the party. And yes, even if I was so tired because I had been, you know, what, like just everything was yes. Just went all just the time. Just go for it. Yeah. And, and cause there's. Second lesson from J Jamie, Jackson, <laughs> Jamie Johnson. Say yes to everything. Say yes to everything. Cause you never know. Well, not everything. Not everything. <laughs> <laughs> not everything. But, but, but yeah, you never know who you're going to meet at, at an event like that. And as, as hard as it might be, because you really are hustling, like you really are getting up yep. and you're on social media and you're going to make appointments and you're going to to learn what you can so it, it and it does get like grueling sometimes and you're just like oh the last thing I want to do is like go to this bar tonight and like you know smile and be but like as soon as you get there and as soon as you meet that first person where like they give you your car or they get you uh, their card and you give them theirs and you make you're like okay all totally worth it like so glad yeah. I, I did that and just like forcing yourself to like even when you're just ready to throw in the towel just like just keep going for it because those little like those little wins are what like keeps you moving to like the next one and just keeps you motivated and they're, and mm -hmm. they can be very small, but they can be very significant. So going to those sort of events, um, and I, I started approaching brand ambassadors, um, to, to say to them, like, you know what, like I'm freelance right now and I'm a big whiskey nerd. And if you need anyone to staff a booth at a whiskey show or mm. anything like that, let me know. Like I'm kicking around, like I can, you know, jump in at last minute if need be. And so I just started doing that and sort of entrenching myself in that sort of community. So knowing that people are paid full time to talk about whiskey, I wanted to be yeah. in with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's cool. And it, like, did you feel, I know some people really struggle in this kind of career shift that, you know, they've got to do stuff that they didn't, expect they were going to be doing like, did you expect that you'd be at booths was that you know I don't want to say a shot to your ego or anything like that but was it kind of like a oh this this is you know what I mean I thought or I this isn't part of what I wanted to do yeah I think you do learn I think in any job too you have the the pieces of it that you really love and that like you really get like excited about and then there are the pieces that um are are 
out of what you would have assumed the role was. And I think, I mean, I actually really enjoy working booths at whiskey shows and I still do it to this very day because I like the interaction of, with the, with the consumer. I like meeting people that come up to me and tell me about the, the product that, that I have, that they love. And, uh, we just, I, part of my job and why I like it is because I get to like meet with so many different people and I get to chat with them and I get to, um, you know, have a, have a really personal interaction with them. So I wouldn't do, and as much as I I enjoyed my, my job at not-for-profit at this point now, the thought of working in an office is Mm. very crazy to me because I'm out so much and out in public and always sort of, um, you know, chatting and, and like the thought of sitting in an office quiet all day is like very strange. I was like, how did I do that for seven years? Like, We've said barely- that too, because we're coming up on six years here yeah. mm-hmm. and we can't imagine going back to where we're, uh-huh. we are yeah. in the same space doing different yeah. work, but yeah. the same routine every day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's my, one of my favorite parts actually is the, is working the booths. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And so what was the next kind of step? So we did whiskey tastings Mm -hmm. and then we did booths and Mm -hmm. we did some corporate Mm -hmm. events and Mm -hmm. private events for people. When did it start slipping into this brand ambassador Ville? So I had been working uh, for many different brands. So I had been working for Beam Centauri. I'd been working for Brown Foreman. And these are all sort of like companies um, that um, sort of have these whiskey portfolios. So I would jump in and, and do, you know, whiskey tastings or whatever on their behalf. And uh, William Grant & Sons, um, which owns Glenfiddich and Belveni, um, had an, an opportunity come uh, with um, the Belveni portfolio, uh, which so I was actually a fan of already. And at this point I've been doing the whiskey topic, which is my podcast and sort of the, my favorite, um, single malt was from Belveni. So I sort of already had an affinity towards it and I had already worked the booth many times for Belveni. So I felt really confident. Um, and they had posted for a, um, brand ambassador, a full-time brand ambassador role for Belveni. Um, the brand ambassador who was, who had been working on the portfolio plus, uh, Glenfiddich was like, listen, like throw your hat in the ring, like go for it. And, and I, what were you thinking at that point? I was like, yeah, I want this. I want it. I want it real bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, and at that point was that kind of the first job job that came from the side hustle? Like it was the kind of the first opportunity that yeah. came out of all this side hustle and networking yeah. yep. and work that you had done for what a couple like a couple of years couple, yeah I was like I think it ended up being like like a half like a year and a half or almost yeah. two years um and it was these these jobs are super they're sort of like few and far between so uh they're really sort of um they're tricky to get a hold of because when people get them they get so entrenched in the brand and they get so that like they they sort of become the face of the brand and so you end up doing this this um, you don't see these jobs like being passed around very often. Like once you're in it, that's kind of, that's your brand. And then you start to become, you know, one with the brand sort of <laughs> thing. It sounds really cheesy, but it's like, that's so when an opportunity like this comes up, I was just like, absolutely like I, I wanted it. And I, I, I hadn't seen anything else come up in the two years that I had been, um, that I had been doing the, the freelance thing. So it was a two-year hustle. It was a two-year hustle. It was hard. Hmm. It was hard. And you Again, could you could liken that's the number three. Mm-hmm. Things take time. They do. Yeah. You could liken her 
um, Jamie's side hustle to when we've been talking about people getting out there and getting networking, getting referrals to informational interviews, mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, when you are looking for the, a similar, like a corporate job working mm-hmm. in an office, you still have to meet people and mm-hmm. wait for that business card and mm-hmm. that wait for or, the exact right job to yeah. pop up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jamie didn't just, you know, <clears throat> take an offer to go work at a booth for mm-hmm. the next six years. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some of those things came up too, but that wasn't the right thing. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a big lesson here that's, you know, wait for the right opportunity to come. Mm-hmm. Keep hustling mm-hmm. until that exact right opportunity comes. Mm-hmm. And were you nervous at that point? Oh, I was like super terrified because it was the first time that I'd ever, the in my in my whole career I'd, I'd sort of been given these like when I started with my non for profit job I'd started as a volunteer with the organization and sort of worked my way up, and all these uh, opportunities had always sort of presented themselves to me and I was like yeah this sounds great I'll keep. this was the first time I ever really desperately wanted something Mm -hmm. and would be heartbroken if I didn't get it. So I was very nervous because I had been very comfortable in my career up until then. And just people were like, Oh, you're, you're good at this. You're organized or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like want to move up? Yes, I do. And so like, it just sort of, um, you know, I had passion for it and I enjoyed it, but this was the one where I like felt in my bones. I was just like, man, I really, really want this one. Yeah. And what did you do to, prepare for or to get ready for that process yeah I um it was it was a bit of a process um obviously when you have like um an opportunity like this they want to make sure that they get the right person because they want they want you to stick around for a while so they want to make sure that you know you tick all the boxes for your entire team that you're working with because not only are you working sort of locally you're working globally with a bigger sort of entity. So it's many, many levels and just making sure. uh, So I I consulted with a couple other brand ambassadors just to sort of uh, pick their brains on like what to expect. I am not a marketer by trade. um, And so sometimes the language for me, like it takes me a moment to process. So I just, I sort of had um, some very wonderful um, like friends and my husband's in marketing too, um, that were able to sort of like give me an idea of what a marketing sort of interview might look like. Mm. And so just did her research. Mm -hmm. Lesson number four (laughs) from Jamie Johnson. Do your research. Do your research. It's not fun, but like, you know, you get her done and then you feel like so prepared walking into it that you can just sort of like, you know, prepare. Lesson five, be prepared. (laughs) (laughs) And, be yourself. Essentially, for me, lesson six. <laughs> Stop it. She's quick on the lessons right now, guys. <laughs> They're just get flying your, out. Get your pens out. out. And be yourself, because I mean, for me, um, you know, if I had gone in there and tried to like be like this slick, like you know, that is not me, and I'd have to keep that up for as long as I had this job, and that would I just be do not have the energy for that. Oh. No, I don't. <laughs> So I went in there and, and was as authentically myself as I could be. And if I didn't know the answer to something, I would absolutely 100% admit it because I knew making the transition from a, you know, organization, like non-for-profit, like sort of process-oriented job to a marketing position in whiskey, um, I don't have a background in that. So I, I do need as much support as possible. So just being honest about it and being like, this is sort of what I understand, but I've got a lot, I've got a lot more. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm not like the, I'm not a good fake it till you make it person. I am more like, I don't know what you're talking about. Could you please elaborate? <laughs> 
please. <laughs> and I, I think that's an amazing, like I know as a, a manager when someone comes in, I hate when someone comes in and pretends that they know what they're doing and they kind of like squirrel and fidget around <laughs> and I'm like, you don't actually know what you're doing, do you? But you're trying to pretend because you don't want to disappoint me. Mm-hmm. I wish three days ago you had just been honest and said, help. Yeah. Yes. Right? Absolutely. So yeah. lesson, what lesson are we at? 85. Lesson 85, 85 from Jamie Johnson, <laughs> How to Switch Careers. Uh, be honest about what you know and what you don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot easier to just say, help me understand this or, yeah. you know, and he, okay, I know where to go from there. I've yeah. got it, not to worry yep. and go and accomplish it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been very lucky to have support like that. It's a, like, um, it's a great team that I've been working with and I've been given, um, you know, f- for anyone that's ever seen me present, Belvene knows like the brand is very authentic and the brand itself is just um it's a really sort of like humble, like down to earth kind of like, you know, there, there's not a lot of like pretentiousness around it. And it's very, so it, it fit really, really well into like my, my sort of wheelhouse. And so I've been so lucky to have the opportunity to be authentically myself within working for this brand, which is probably not that common. It's so interesting when you think about it, because what you do is not common. No, it's it's not. It's not common. It's very specialized. And it's not like one day you were at your old job and said, I want to be a brand ambassador for Belveni. And I'm going to go and ask them for a job and send them my resume. It came through a lot of self-discovery, right? And a lot of... And and a lot of these things do. Even people understanding that they want a new job can be a very gradual understanding. You don't normally wake up Mm -hmm. and say, I think I've got a new job. It's you wake up and go, I hate something or unhappy with something. Mm -hmm. And you figure what that out, what that is. But you don't... I shouldn't say never, because some people do. Mm-hmm. They they know what they want. They go there next. They just want a different challenge, doing the same thing, whatever. But if you're really talking, and what we were talking about today is making a shift, mm-hmm. there's, there's a bridge. There's a transition to doing that that requires a lot of thinking, a lot of planning, a lot of research, a lot of networking, and being awake and open to what's around you and what the opportunities are, and then f- listening for that click when all of a sudden it goes click, 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 this brand ambassador job is exactly who I am and who I've wanted to be. Mm-hmm. And sitting at the desk, there's nothing wrong with it. It was a good job, but mm-hmm. it wasn't who I want to be. Mm-hmm. You got it. So it's it's yeah. all of those thinking things behind the wheels and and not and people really need to avoid just assuming that oh she fell into it mm-hmm. or she was lucky or she was she lucky. was not lucky. <laughs> you feel strongly. I about feel that. very strong. <laughs> I have. She's know, told me this. Before. I always argue. I like. I was lucky. Like right an, place, right there time. Is sort an of thing. element. An, <laughs> and I think it's a both and. There's an element of. And again, you make your own luck, right? But there's an element of being in the right place at the right time. That I don't believe happens without the the precursor of working. That's yeah. fair enough. Putting yeah. in the effort, yeah. saying yes yeah. to the things that and being make open. you uncomfortable, uncomfortable, being open. All of those yeah. things are what make luck actually manifest itself into yeah. something something real. Mm-hmm. So if you want to follow uh, Jamie Johnson and her whiskey adventures, mm. um, please find her on the following handles and mediums. You can find me on, uh, on Instagram and Twitter, actually, on Bourbon Thing. All one word, at Bourbon Thing. Um, yeah. And the podcast. The podcast is the whiskey topic. It's a conversation about whiskey, usually oh. with whiskey. So, so sometimes it, it's it gets super more fun. interesting it as sure it goes. Does. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> sure does. Especially if we do two day, two uh, podcasts back to back. It's 
The second one's a lot of giggling. <laughs> so go follow Jamie and follow her fabulous whiskey life um, and see how much fun she's having. Uh, thank you so much for sharing your yeah. career you for journey me. with us. So fun, guys. <laughs> Yeah. And our first interview. Yay. You Yay. guys nailed it. You nailed <laughs> it. Well done. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> um, until next time, we'll see you... At the process of things. At the process of things. Bye. Bye.